the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Greg Kelly Show. The confrontation caught on video a white woman blocking a black tenant from entering their apartment building, demanding proof that he lives there. Oh, my God. Tell me it's going to be okay, David Muir. Tell me we're all going to be okay. I am so I am so disturbed. I just can't handle it. What did he say? The confrontation caught on video a white woman blocking a black tenant from entering their apartment building, demanding proof that he lives there. Oh, David, but however, whatever happened in St. Louis, you get a chance to talk like this and put your arm out like that and look at the camera just so. Tonight, people in St. Louis are outraged. A white woman had an argument with a black man. Details. <laughs> Details at 11. Uh, can you believe it? Can you believe it? All right. There are some good news stories out there, though. A woman named Rachel Mitchell. Who's Rachel Mitchell? She is an Arizona prosecutor who is sticking it to Alvin Bragg. Alvin, Alvin Springham Loose Bruce Bragg wants to not prosecute anybody, wants to let criminals go, busting Donald Trump. Rachel Mitchell... They arrested out there that um, that fugitive, the alleged uh, murderer of the woman in the hotel downtown. Uh, he found them in Arizona. Rachel does not want to send him back to uh, Manhattan because she does not trust Alvin Bragg. Cut eight. Having observed the treatment of violent criminals by the Manhattan DA there, Alvin Bragg, I think it's safer to keep him here and keep him in custody. Yeah. What do you think of that, Alvin? Nine. I've been doing this now for 20 years. I have never seen anything like it, let alone in a murder investigation. Yeah, well, we've never seen anybody like you letting people go right away. Not even, right? A man busts up a McDonald's with an axe, terrorizes everybody. You let him go three hours later. I mean, we've never seen anything like you. You are what's different. Cut 10. County DA Mitchell has, I don't know how else to say it, just gotten it wrong at every single turn. No, you did. And so did New York, by the way. New York media. You know, these elections take place on the last day of school. Eight million people in this city. Eight million people. You know how many made Alvin Bragg district attorney on the last day of school in 2021? 80,000. 80,000 people voted for that guy. And now we have a district attorney. A maniac. An utter maniac. He's also still the case against Trump starts next month. Next month. Hey, let's hear it for Bruce Blakeman, huh? The Nassau County executive. He's not letting those transgender freaks play in uh, the wrong league, the wrong team. Cut 12. The number varies, but it's between a half a percent and one percent of the population. And we welcome them here in Nassau County to participate in sports and everything else we have to offer just not on teams that identify themselves as a girls team or a women's team. And I take that back. Transgender people are not freaks. However, transgender people, let's say a biological man who pretends that they're a woman, wants to hang around with kids, uh, that's a freak. Drag Time Story Hour, that's a freak show. Sponsored by uh, Letitia James, that's impeachable. That's criminal. Barbara, welcome back. Hi, Hi, Greg. In your radio show yesterday and today with the attorney you were talking to, 
you're channeling both our, our founder, Thomas Paine, and Sir Thomas More. So let me pick one. Sir Thomas More was approached by a man who wanted him to lie and twist the law and deceive the king. And Sir Thomas More told the man to be gone. But Thomas More's daughter was there and said, Father, arrest him. He's a spy. He's a bad man. And Thomas More said, as you said yesterday, there is no law against that, against being a bad man. And his son-in-law said, there is. It's God's law. And Moore said, then God can arrest him. The daughter was frantic. She said, while you talk, Father, he's gone. And Moore says, and go he should, if he were the devil himself, until he broke the law. And his son-in-law said, so now you'd give the devil the benefit of the law? And Thomas Moore answered and said, yes, I give the devil the benefit of law for my own safety's sake. Um. All right. I uh, kind of, well, you got to break that down for me again. I'm sorry. Uh, the bottom line is. Let me give what Thomas Paine said. He huh. said he who would make his own liberty secure must guard even his enemy from oppressions. For if he violates this duty, he establishes a precedent that will reach to himself. So Thomas More would give the devil the benefit of law so that this precedent would not come back on Thomas More and everyone else, that the law can be twisted, which is what someone on your show was, was suggesting yesterday, that the red states prosecute the blue state uh, prosecutors. And you said, no, that you can't twist the law. You have to even defend people you don't like. I said that? Yes, you did. Oh, man, I'm very impressed with myself. Um, in the heat of the moment, I forget. But, yeah, that is the kind of thing I would say. And you agree, right, Barbara? Oh, absolutely. And so did our founders. And so did Sir Thomas More, who is the patron saint of attorneys. They all agreed with you. It, our founders agreed with you. Yes, the law is blind. Do there me. should be equal justice under the law. And that's what you said to your caller yesterday. And you were absolutely right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, you know what? As usual, I want all of that data uh, sent to me immediately, Barbara. You are so, uh, so smart, so on it, and so well-read and uh, so brave. Thank you very much. Hey, did you know Wendy Williams is uh, – did Wendy Williams uh, go back on TV? What's the deal with Wendy Williams? The last I heard – and I love Wendy Williams. She was, you know, I mean, like, gosh, she she had some health issues – and people were worried about her. I was worried about her. Um, I consider myself a friend. I love her. I talked to her maybe, it's been a while, two years, and I've, I've, I've reached out a couple of times. I Anyway, what's going on with Wendy? She's back on the radio. Cut one, please. Cut one. And, and Sid Rosenberg showed up. Joining us is the host, and I happen to listen to this show every morning, and to the point of disgust. <laughs> so, so, because... I don't agree with everything he says, but there's something charmingly insecure, really smart, and very lovable about Sidney Rosenberg. WABC Radio. All right. Was this recently? Is she back on TV? I hope so. That would be great, but something tells me this is from the archives. None of you guys know. All right. Um, Yeah, I think this is from back in the day. Because I would love it, love it if she's back. And I don't think she is. Oh, yeah, here's, a, here's Entertainment Tonight talking about issues that she's got. 
cut four. A heartbreaking health update on Wendy Williams. Her care team revealing the talk show host has been diagnosed with dementia and aphasia. In a surprising press release, Wendy's team saying both conditions were diagnosed last year as family and fans expressed concern for the talk show host's mental well-being. Oh. New details come just two days before the release of her documentary, Where is Wendy Williams? Shoot. For about 10 minutes, for about 10 seconds there, I was like, she's back on the air? This is fantastic. No, just like I thought. All right, so I missed that item. Yeah, they came out. Wendy Williams, um, yeah. And Wendy Williams' guardian files lawsuit against Lifetime's parent company. Wendy Williams uh, has been diagnosed with aphasia and dementia. Anybody knows what, anybody know what aphasia is? Um, that's too bad. So so Sid, that's not, he was playing some of the greatest hits yeah, Wendy um, just kept it real, kept it real, kept it so real. Um, I do remember what is she was very open about her uh, her struggles with addiction. She was very observant. You'd be surprised how many people aren't really observant. They're looking at their phone. They're worried about themselves. But she was very present wherever she was. She was present and fun as hell. Funny as hell, insightful, um, gifted on the radio, great on TV. I guess that she had some ups and downs in her personal life. Everybody has ups and downs in, her, in their personal life. Gosh, I'm really sorry to hear about this. I knew. Mm. Um, and she was very kind to me. She was personally very kind to me in, 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 in good times and in bad. So, um, well... What else can you say, huh? Um, is this it? Dement? I mean, I guess it is. She's not old enough to have this stuff. What is she, 62, Max? We got to get a better doctor on the phone. We got to get, I mean, there's got to be something that can be, let me see here. She's she's 59, excuse me. Sorry about that, Wendy. She's only 59 years old. Kevin Hunter's no longer in the scene. Um... That talk show was one hell of a hit, daytime, and no one really has replaced her, right? No one's replaced her. No one can replace her. Wendy, I love you, and I'm so sorry to hear about this. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Greg Kelly Show. Two years ago, right now, uh, this week, Putin had all of his tanks and troops on the edge of Ukraine ready to go in. The invasion started two years ago tomorrow. And the, the world knew it. I mean, we were hearing about it. He's going to invade. He's going to invade. He wants to invade. Uh, and what did the United States do? Did we threaten him? Did we tell him to, hey, don't do this or else? Did we, you know, I mean, what kind of pressure did we apply? Zero. We let the guy do it. Here's Joe Biden giving the green light to Putin uh, two years ago this week. You tell me, if you're Putin, are you going to be intimidated? Are you going to be? Are you going to have second thoughts about invading when when Joe Biden, the leader of the free world, says something along these lines? Cut twenty seven. But I'm not so sure he has uh, is certain what he's going to do. My guess is he will move in. He has to do something. He's got to do something. 
My guess is he's going to invade. He's got to do something at this point, right? What kind of uh, what kind of na- what kind of call to arms is this, or what kind of call? Like you got to saber rattle a little bit, Vladimir Putin. Don't you dare! Don't you dare enter the democracy of Ukraine. Oh, which by the way is not a democracy anymore. They haven't had an election since this war started. You know that uh, Zelensky in his T-shirt or his sweatshirt? He suspended elections. He suspended the elections until after the war. A war is no excuse to turn to, to suspend an election. War is no, no excuse. We've had elections during the 20-year Afghan war. We had elections during the Iraq war. We had elections during Vietnam. We had elections during World War II. Uh, when 1944 FDR was up for elected to his third, there was right smack dab in the middle of World War II. Where does this guy get off? And all this stuff about democracy. Has Joe Biden explained any of this either to us? You know, is he talking about peace? No, it's just a never-ending war. You must give money. This is how he. This is how he leads America. Yelling. He's not a leader, so he just yell. He knows nothing about leadership. He's never led anything. So given the chance, what does he do? You know, because what the hell is going on over there? I don't trust anybody or anything at this point. So tell me, what's so important about Ukraine at this point? Cut 28. It's about time they step up, don't you think? Instead of going on a two-week vacation. Two weeks. They're walking away. Two weeks. What are they thinking? Well, this damn thing has been going on for two years. Two years. Have you explained it to anybody? Does anybody know what's going on? I know Nikki Haley doesn't. Hey, Nikki Haley, what are the three uh, provinces that are at stake here? Uh, she doesn't know. Hey, Chris Christie, name four provinces in Ukraine. Uh, didn't you just go over there? Yeah, but that was just for a picture. If I were Chris Christie, I would not want pictures taken. And then, uh, look... You don't think a president can tell the people what the hell's going on regarding a war? Just level with us. We're big people. We're, we're, we're mature. We can handle it. Richard Nixon had a lot of flaws, but he also had a lot of gifts, too. And smack dab in the middle of the Vietnam War, April 1970, he sits down in the Oval Office and explains to the American people what the hell is going on. All the way down to showing everybody a map and standing by the map and talking people through it and showing people what's at stake. What are we doing? How are we doing it? Cut 29. Now, confronted with this situation, we have three options. First, we can do nothing. Well, the ultimate result of that course of action is clear. Unless we indulge in wishful thinking, the lives of Americans, Remaining in Vietnam after our next withdrawal of 150,000 would be gravely threatened. Let us go to the map again. Here is South Vietnam. Here is North Vietnam. North Vietnam already occupied. Goes into detail about he's got a big map there. He's looking at the little zones that they're actually setting up on the border of uh, South Vietnam and Cambodia. And then we have to do this so that we prevent that. Have you ever heard anything about Ukraine other than uh, Zelensky's a hero and send them more money? I have not heard one iota more information than that. And I think as Americans, we're entitled to, I'm not talking about, well, we can all do research, right? We can all do find out. 
But I got other things to do. I want to know from the national leadership why this is so important. Because they're going to go into Poland? Are they really going to go into Poland next? Everybody has seen how terrible the Russian military is. How drunk, how incompetent they are. They're not going to go into Poland. They have been humiliated. They have been, their forces have been decimated. After this, they're not going any further. And if they do, we'll nuke them. Okay? I don't know nukes, but I don't want to kill any innocent people. But then we'll, you know, then. But now, enough. Enough. I want peace. Is that a problem? You got a problem with any of that, Steve? Hello? Um, Something you said earlier, uh, which was very good, prompted a kind of a comic um, furthering along. You mentioned about the dollar bill having In God We Trust. It also has, uh, in addition, E Pluribus Unum, Out of the Many We Make One Nation. Um, We should ask that all of the people on the radical left the woke people who are so anti-God and intersectional, they should have to turn in all their dollar bills to the country because they don't believe in what is written on the bill and they've accepted them under false conditions. No, 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 no. We can't do that. That's cute. But look, uh, there's a lot of stuff on that dollar bill that I don't understand. I mean, you ever see that pyramid with the eyeball on top? The sign of the Masons. I don't know what the hell it is, but it's creepy. And I, I still want all the dollar bills I can get. I've looked at that. There are online conspiracies. And then, I don't know if you look a little bit closer, there's an owl. There's an owl just sitting there by the one. There's a little owl. What kind of freaks designed this thing? What's he doing there? This thing is... I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand a lot of the stuff in there, but I still want the money, okay? So I'm gonna. I'm not going to go down that... Uh, that I'm not going to go that way. Hey, Steve, thank you anyway. Interesting. What does that eyeball mean? Why is there a pyramid on our dollar bill? And who the hell is uh, on the $20 bill after all? Who is that? Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Listening to the Greg Kelly Show. All right, we're back. Pointer Sisters. Uh, I love my wife, but I do think she should notify me before she just shows up at the office. But then I wouldn't catch you red handed with two slices of pizza. Not one, but two slices of pizza. Actually, three. Three slices of pizza. But I'm only eating the toppings. Right. Carb-free. I love it. I do think you should call ahead, text me something, right? Please. Okay. Next time. <laughs> I forbid you from doing this again. She just keeps doing it. She just keeps keeps doing it. 
Uh, anyway, nice to see you. Nice to see you, honey. What brings you here? Uh, was in the neighborhood. Thought it was Friday afternoon. Thought it would be nice to have a chat on WABC radio. Um, oh. I'm very disturbed that our president has notes, cheat sheets, cheats, cheat sheets every time he goes and speaks to anyone. Yeah, I saw. Why is this news? Because I mean, I knew this two years ago. We knew it three years ago. He had these big notes. What? What's the new angle? What's the new part? Do you know? I think it's because he had the cheat sheets when he was speaking to the press. Now it's like for everything. He has a cheat cheat sheet when he goes to the ice cream store. It's like <laughs> uh, mint chocolate chip. I like mint chocolate chip. Yeah. So uh, mint chocolate chip is a good ice cream. Yeah. Comes with mint and chocolate. Yeah. You know, say right. The little talking points. The talking points. Okay. So you're following the news. How are the kids? Fabulous. I always say they're great. We're exhausted. We are kind of tired, right? Yeah. They're having the time of their lives. Tell everybody what happens when uh, Annalise, the four-year-old, comes into the room at night, our bedroom at night. You put her to you put her to bed before I come home, in her bed, and then about one, two in the morning, what happens? Pitta patta, pitta patta, pitta patta, pitta patta. The feet. The feet, and then she just climbs in. I try to put her in the middle because I don't want the middle seat. No one wants the middle seat in life generally. <laughs> no, she shoves me in the middle. Doesn't want to do the middle, and just. You know, gets into our bed, and then I generally go into her bed because it's just <laughs> it's too squashy. I can't handle it. Uh, what I like is though after the pitter patter, pitter patter, pitter patter. I saw her doing this. I happen to be up, and I saw the whole thing. She pushes you. She literally yeah. with two hands oh, yeah. pushes you because you over to like make room for me. Yeah, pushes absolutely. you in the, to the middle seat. I hate it. And, and, uh, and then she sleeps, and it's it's just. Do we have any baby sound from yesterday? I think we do. Um, and the development, I think she's intellectually everything's like you know she's really firing on all cylinders, right? Totally healthy. She's yeah. I mean, very inquisitive. Wants to know why, you know, everything's going on. But why? But why? I'm like, oh, I try to answer every question very seriously, and then I'm like, okay, no more questions. <laughs> And she says, just one more, one more question. What will the cold say when the sun comes out? She wants me to role play with the weather. You know, it's like, oh, no, sun, sun, go away. I'm, I want it to be cold, you know. Well, she did something like that uh, yesterday. We were talking to her, and she brings up, like, I think she wanted to pretend it was nighttime because she gave me a blanket. And she was talking about the sun going away and the moon, whatever. Listen to this. Now what do we do? You you go to sleep. Go to sleep. Guess we're all getting nice and tight. What will happen to us will be morning. <laughs> and what will happen is this is the game about. This is the game about when you go to sleep. Right? Okay. When it's morning. And when it's dark. That, it will be morning. Okay, now it's bright. And now what? Not yet. Not, not yet. It's not bright yet. Yeah, she's incredible. But she's she's got bright. a very vivid imagination. But the other thing that I love about what's going on with them, they're obsessed with the song Let It Go from Frozen. I mm. mean, it's like five, ten years old, and they're obsessed with it. Those people, those filmmakers were brilliant. Tell us about Madeline. I you know, I don't get to I don't get to spend enough time with my own children. Um 
you know, what would you guess I'm what am I clocking up 15 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day? What what is it? Not much. Well, she asks about you. She's always like, "Daddy coming? Daddy coming?" Oh. That's Madeline is just two and she's firing on all cylinders as well, right? Yeah, she's uh not as verbal as her sister, you know, not as articulate, but I'm hoping that will come. But we're also trying to uh, raise them as bilingual. Um, so, you know, that also slows we down. We have a babysitter who's Spanish, and they're speaking Spanish like crazy. We love that. So, all right, well, sounds like you're doing a pretty good job uh, running the household, although I am the boss. You are the boss. Right. And, I'm uh, the king of the castle. And my mom keeps saying, you need a square meal for Greg when he gets home at night at 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, okay. Yeah, would that be the end of the world? No, but it seems very late. <laughs> anyway. When is she coming back? When is your mother-in-law coming back, huh? Your mother-in-law. She's coming back in two weeks. Hey, hold on a second. I have some breaking news. Are you ready for this? Are yes. you ready? Cut 20, please. The confrontation caught on video, a white woman blocking a black tenant from entering their apartment building, demanding proof that he lives there. Did you hear that? Yes. Let me ask you something. You happen to be, I'm colorblind, as you know, but I mean, you're, you're, you're white. You're a white woman. Have you been feeling shade? Have you been feeling, is your, is your, do you feel judged based on the color of your skin and your gender um, for the first time, perhaps ever? I don't get out enough. (laughs) Okay. She's going to play it safe. She's going to play it safe and she's going to leave the room. Well, thank you for coming by. All right. To uh, chat to all of you. Bye. All right. Let me know you're coming next time. Okay? I mean it. Absolutely, right? Yep. Got got it. it. Yep, yep, yep. She does her own thing no matter what I say. No matter what I say. I try to draw the line. I try to be the tough guy. Uh, I am ultimately the boss. She does, but I I can't get, uh, I can't, I have a hard time changing her behavior. She doesn't want to be changed. What can you do? Meanwhile, the Bidens are dirty, 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 dirty. Cut 31. March 1st, 2018, AmeriCorps wired a $200,000 loan into James and Sarah Biden's personal bank account, not their business bank account. And then on the very same day, James Biden wrote a $200,000 check from this same personal bank account to Joe Biden. How about that one? How about that one? And Sarah also wrote a check for $40,000 to Joe Biden. What in-laws are doing that? $40,000, $200,000, especially those who boast about growing up poor and then spend their entire political uh, uh, adult life in what they call public service, quote-unquote public service. Something is up. A lot of people think they can get rich in public service. The Bidens, um, maybe, even, maybe even Nikki Haley, cut 16. They're saying 60% of Americans are saying Donald Trump's too old and Joe Biden's too old to be president. You look at the military, they cap retirement at 65. You look at pilots, they cap retirement at 65. We've got a lot to fix in this country. We need someone who can work eight years straight of hard work, day and night, fully disciplined, with no drama, no vendettas, just results for the American people. That's what's at stake here. And I'm going to continue to stay in and tell people this as long as I possibly can. Again, the more she talks, the more people don't like her. Um, and what did what did Don Lemon say about her after all? What, what did he say about her age? I can't remember. 
But maybe maybe we were too, a little bit too harsh with Don Lemon. Everybody seems to be figuring it out about Joe Biden being too old. Donald Trump, not so much. We know in this country, there are guys who are with it in their 90s. Guys be 100 and actually know what's going on. It is kind of on an individual basis. Here's Lawrence O'Donnell, one of the left's favorite people, known to bust his uh, bust a gasket every now and then, yelling at people, screaming at people. But what's this all about? Cut 17. And the notion that Joe Biden is too old is based on a complete and utter misunderstanding of the work of the presidency. The job is to make decisions, not speeches. Well, a complete and utter misunderstanding. If you can't speak, just maybe your decision making might also be off, right? It's what a the con the, the arrogance of these people. The arrogance. Uh Johnny in Sullivan County, hello. Greg, how are you? Nice to hear your family. That was pretty cool. You got beautiful daughters. God bless you. Thanks. Love your show. Um anyway, I just want to get to the points. I know a lot of people want to get in. Uh this guy Angeron, this judge. Who, put, who was putting on a clown show every day. Um, I had said this prior on other, other radios. Um, I was before him many years ago when he was a civil court judge, 111 Center Street, and the man seemed fine. He treated me very well. He seemed like a very fair judge. And obviously he drank either the wrong Kool-Aid or ate the wrong mushrooms, and something happened to this guy. Um, and in the state of New York, under the New York Constitution... Uh, uh, hey, can I ask you something? One, what were you? What was the matter about before the judge? It was a credit uh, credit card issue. I, uh, I straightened it out. Okay, I settled on the thing. Yeah, um, in the New York Constitution, one section two, you're automatically entitled to a jury trial. Automatically. So I don't understand why this guy was the lone person deciding uh, this insane case. Which, if you're going to do that to Donald Trump, you got to do that to like uh, millions of other people. Otherwise, we don't live in, live in a fair society. What I what I also don't understand is he was he was appealed to an interlocutory and was overturned, I think, four to six times. Obviously, there's a sign that there's something wrong with this guy. But to get him off the case, he's a All right, hold on. I can't hear you now. They would have had to file a petition for a writ of prohibition. Jeez, how the hell do you know all this stuff? You're reading the New York Constitution, a writ of prohibition. What do you uh, uh, what do you do? Well, I'll tell you right now. I wrote a novel that just got published. If you like Law and Order, Goodfellas, A Bronx Tale, The Sopranos, you'd love it because I know you love the movie—not uh, the movie, the book uh, Bonfire of the Vanities. I did. You like What's your book, name? You love the book I wrote. I'm uh, Johnny Tolino. I go by a pen name. My book is called The Last Phone Booth on the Left in Brooklyn, about a Italian American woman in Gravesend, Brooklyn, who goes to the Italian mob for help. It's got all right. The Last chapters. Phone Booth on the Left in Brooklyn. Correct. Google it. You Are you a, uh, is this self-published or did you get it from a real publisher? I actually self-published it. I, I didn't want to deal with all the nonsense. I couldn't even get it. When you're not known, no. you can't even get a literary agent. You got to get yourself started off the bat. So I started with this. The sequel's on the way. And a guy like you will love the All book. right. Well, let's see how this one does before you start doing the sequel. <laughs> right? I'm doing a sequel anyway. All right, Johnny, you're an impressive guy. You got a lot going on. Johnny Tolino, we're going to read his book, uh, Last Stop Till Brooklyn. Uh, no, wait. Last, uh, what the, the hell is it called? phone booth on the left in Brooklyn. The last phone booth on the left in Brooklyn. The other one is and Run DMs. My name is Jay Quest. Okay. My name is Jay Quest. I got it. All right, Thank Greg. you. Take it I'm- easy. We'll be right back. Greg Kelly. 
on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Greg Kelly Show. So to recap, Fannie Willis, the crazy DA down there in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, prosecuting Trump for really nothing. You're allowed to complain about election results. You're allowed to make sure to inquire about whether or not it's a fair election. Everything that Donald Trump did on that phone call with that wimp, what's his name again, uh, Raffensperger, totally fine. You heard the phone call, no big deal. They're criminalizing politics, right? So she, all high and mighty a few months ago, indicts Trump uh, late at night, and uh, she's got a guy next to her, uh, just some guy standing there. His name is Nathan Wade. Turns out their boyfriend, girlfriend. Turns out he has absolutely no experience, no uh, business being there. Uh, he was hired as a contractor, especially for this case. Again, not qualified to uh, prosecute such a case. Uh, why was he there? Well, Basically, we believe to hook up with Fonnie Willis. Fonnie wanted to have fun with him, and Fonnie also wanted to give him a lot of money. He was paid an exorbitant amount of money. She had 200 lawyers working for her. Why did she hire this guy and give him $300,000 a year and then go on trips with him and then uh, have multiple liaisons with him? Look, she claims that they started dating after the investigation started in 2022. Well, we have this. We have cell phone data right now that's been presented to the court or is about to be that says in 20. 2021, these two individuals texted each other 12,000 times and made something like 3,000 phone calls to each other. This guy claims to have never spent the night at her house. Looks like he did uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of times. Uh, We got him lying again. She seems to be lying. At the very least, they need to be removed from this case, and maybe we should just throw the case out entirely. What do you think, Mayor Giuliani? Welcome back. Of course, you should throw the case out. Uh, of course, I, I have a bit of a vested interest in it since I'm one of the people she wants to put in jail for the rest of my life uh, for just being a lawyer. I can't, for the life of me, in going through that indictment, figure out who did anything wrong. And the other thing about it is, I can't figure out the conspiracy because I don't know. I don't know half the people. In fact, one of them said she never talked to me, Sidney Powell. <laughs> so how we can do it? Maybe we did it on smoke signals. Wait, you never met, didn't you meet Sidney Powell? Of course I did, but but she never talked about the subject of the indictment with me. Ah. Oh, no, I fired her twice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The first time didn't take. (laughs) Well, it's... On the the president's uh, instructions, you know, I I was... uh, One of the people actually wrote it up, one of the crazy journalists, like, I I was worried that she was going to take my position as the lead counsel. I fired her because she would never tell anybody anything. She would keep it all to herself. And uh, whatever, I don't believe she committed any crimes. I'm not saying that at all. Her problem was she didn't, she didn't play well in the sandbox. You know, when you're in a case like this, everybody's got to cooperate and give information. Lawyers aren't the best at that. So I had to have lawyers who were team players, and she wasn't, and so I had to fire her twice. Well, all right. So they should definitely be removed from the case, but what do you think the chances are— that the entire case goes away. I think the chances are very good. The case is so, I mean, look, you're going to bring a case against a former president of the United States. Okay, this is the fourth indictment, but still, this is the first time that's ever done. And I see each indictment is connected to the other. 
And I think the, uh, the visits to the White House kind of proved that. These were all timed to squeeze them in to an unnatural time period, that one year before the election. Because this never happened before where somebody is facing four different major felony cases in one year. It, it, it just wouldn't happen to any normal, horrible criminal. <laughs> so uh, th- this has to go. It's a violation, a clear violation of due process. Uh, among other things, they never even filed the indictment properly. When she filed the indictment, you know, she gets a call saying, hey, you forgot something, Fanny. You didn't get the grand jury to vote. <laughs> Come on. It's amazing. It is amazing. Hey, what are you hearing about? You're you're plugged in, and I'm not asking you to give away, but what are you hearing about the Veep stakes, the Veep, uh, you know, who, who who's in the running to be vice president? Who's seriously well, in the just, running? Andrew and I were just having a big conversation about that uh, with somebody. I think, and this is not uh, giving away any kind of uh, inside information, but uh, the Giuliani perspective. I think he's tossing a lot of names around, both um, in his own mind and also for vetting purposes. Because as you mention people for VP, then if there's anything that we don't know, and most of these people are well-known, so that's not a real problem, but just in case, just in case. So I I think the VP is going to come out of the names he's floating. I don't think it's a big surprise. I doubt that he's decided already. If I were him, I wouldn't. I'd give myself, look, uh, politics changes day to day, right? So really, he doesn't have to make this choice until, what is it, August or July. So I'd give myself right up until then, do all the vetting. Uh, I who, bet who's going to be? Who? Just take a guess. Me, I, I think it's Ben Carson. Uh, I like Ben a lot. He's I a little. So. He's a little bit too. T- he's a little bit too calm. Yeah, but yeah. but t- you know, he's one of those calm guys that is a man of principle, which makes him a strong man. You're not going to bend Ben. What about <laughs> the, what about Vivek? I'd like Vivek too. I just think I I think the end result on Vivek, and I I, uh, I mean I'd be happy with Vivek. I I'm one of the first people to, you know, uh, really talk to him. And uh, Ted and I have been Vivek fans from the beginning. But I think a little, uh, maybe a little bit too not too young as too inexperienced in government. And remember, we he has to have a vice president where nobody thinks about, God forbid, if something happens to him. It's got to be like, uh, a lot of things changed after it, but it has to be like Cheney was for, for, for Bush. Uh, people might not have liked Cheney, but they figured, oh gosh, he could handle the country if, God forbid, something happens. Uh, and I think people would feel that way, even though Ben is too, may actually help him that he's a little understated and a little calm. It plays off well against Trump. And it gives you a very relaxed feeling. If a man can do brain operations on infantile small brains, yeah, geez, he can do anything. That, <laughs> right? is, that is an incredible skill. If he has skill. to take over our country at a very tough time, he's not going to have a problem. What a man. What a man. And I know him well. I play golf with him, and I know him really well. This is a really fine man, complete. And believe me, below that is a tough guy if you try to challenge his principles. Very, very 
interesting uh, could happen, and I'm so glad we talked. Uh, I'm not saying that's it, but it could. I mean, I think he's one of the top three, four. I got you. There's the music. Mayor Giuliani is next. Bill, Rachel, Wendy, and the rest. I'm sorry we didn't get to you. Call back next week.